0: You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. Hi, this is Mistress McCutcheon coming to you from downtown Toronto And of course, I'm accompanied by my brother from another mother and DJ partner in crime, The Wasteland. Hi, guys. No funny joke? No.
1: No, sorry. Not today. We have a guest. I didn't want to make it weirder than I typically do.
0: Fair enough. We do have a guest today. We are chatting with Isaac Howlett from Empathy Test. Welcome, Isaac.
2: Hi there. Good to be be joining you.
0: We're going to jump right in. We want to get started with the origin story for Empathy Test. How did things get started?
2: Okay, well, um, uh, way back in uh, 2013, uh, me and my good friend Adam um, were having a conversation about how we'd both recently watched the Drive movie uh, with Ryan Gosling, of course, Um, and apparently it's uh, a massive cliché to say that it was the drive movie that uh inspired you to form a synth pop band but that's how it, it, it happened yeah well <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't know that yeah it's 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 become a massive cliche um and yeah you know like people the, i guess i guess the gatekeepers of uh, of synth music uh, frown upon it so um uh, uh, I would, I did sort of tell myself I wasn't going to, um, to say that anymore. But I mean, it's a bit difficult <laughs> when it's the truth. You know, I, yeah, we, I mean, we were making, uh, music together before, uh, on and off, like, um, mostly with guitars. And I was an acoustic, um, singer-songwriter and Adam was, uh, a, um, underground dance music producer. Um, and so as you can imagine, despite being good friends, it was quite difficult to, um, put, you know, find a a style of music that would work for both of us. And, um, and really it was when we uh, tried synthesizers uh that uh suddenly things clicked and um somehow my songs and adam's uh style of music um started working together um and we made a song called losing touch um which is still to date our biggest track i think it's had like five million total streams on spotify if you count the remastered version um wow Wow. Yeah. So um that song yeah really had legs and um it uh introduced us to um a wide range of listeners um all around the world and then we started touring and it's mostly just me now um doing the touring with um some uh, uh live musicians um and uh every now and again Adam uh pops up and uh produces some music with me. <laughs> So, yeah, that's the origin of empathy test. Wow. I got to say, I love that movie, though, too.
1: Drive is a great film.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, um, supposedly, you know, we, we've, uh, therefore, we don't understand the history of synth pop, and we've never heard of bands like Duran Duran and OMD and Depeche Mode and all of, you know, the people that inspired the people that made the Drive movie. It was oh, just, wow. a, you know. It's just that the people that made the Drive movie movie kind of reminded us of the existence. And
1: and just just to say, because if people are assuming you don't know the history, I love the fact that you've taken to trolling people with (laughs) T-shirts.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's our philosophy now is like, you know, put it on a T-shirt and make money out of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we were kind of... um, There were certain uh, people from the beginning were very um, dubious about our, uh, you know, I think they they thought we were hipsters with laptops, which basically we were. Well, well, (laughs) I mean, we wanted to be hipsters, but... (laughs) we weren't <laughs> even we weren't even hipst- uh, hipsters sorry it's already 10 o'clock on a sunday so i'm a little bit um tired already but uh yeah so um we we all want to be hipsters um, but um uh yeah so um it was like you know who are these guys they've, ne- they've never even owned an analog synthesizer and they're making music using analog synth sounds but i mean who can who <laughs> what musicians can afford uh analog synthesizers especially these days yeah so yeah screw those guys (laughs) (laughs) i mean we're still we've still got a career so uh we must be doing something right (laughs) absolutely so
1: when you guys started out you didn't set out really to be a goth band but it seemed like you kind of got embraced by uh the darker scene what was that kind of like
2: Was it a surprise Um, or? Kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) um, it was really Germany um, that um, first kind of discovered us and um, got into us. Um, uh, A guy called Rosie um, at um, a club in Dresden um, basically came across us and uh, was going to come to our first show that we did in London. Um, And he actually missed his flight. But luckily, uh, his friend who he uh told should also come uh who was thomas who's one of the co-founders of um uh, wave got it treffin which is one of the biggest um goth festivals uh certainly in europe maybe maybe the world mm-hmm. um uh, he, uh he- came to the show and um we were playing in the Seabright Arms in London Uh, it was our first ever show and we all almost sold it out which was a big surprise um Mm. I mean that was only 120 people but we were very surprised to find that there were people who had flown from Germany and Sweden and uh, maybe even some other places to witness our first show um including this guy Thomas who after the show um approached me at the bar and said um uh that he looked after a a small festival in Germany and wondered if we'd uh like to play and i was like yeah amazing great and um you know being completely like unprepared for anything like this i didn't take his contact details or a card or anything at all um and it wasn't until later when i mentioned it to uh the the record label from New York, who released our second EP, uh, Stars and Letters Records, um, and he was like are you serious wave gothic Treffin and i was like yeah i think so and he was like that's like the biggest goth festival in the world dude <laughs> 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 it wasn't a very good american accent i realized uh and um and we I got you like, covered there don't worry okay <laughs> <laughs> i was like um oh okay so um i yeah i i tracked this guy down and um yeah like uh, a few months later we Played to a thousand people on, in this huge venue uh, in Germany, um, and actually before before that, the guy uh, Rosie, who didn't make it to the show, booked us to come and play at his club, and we supported Curly and Camera, mm-hmm. um, who are a proper goth band, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, and that was uh, that was a very weird experience. And and because we, uh, they weren't playing any music um, at the beginning of the show or between the acts, which was odd. And we just walked out onto this stage, just the two of us at the time. Um, and there were just rows and rows of people wearing, all wearing black <laughs> and completely <laughs> silent. And uh, none of them knew who we were. and we just uh, were like, hi, uh, we're Empathy Test and started playing our songs. And, um, and then in between, they cl- they clapped for a certain amount of time and then they stopped and then there was complete silence again. <laughs> <And> we started <laughs> God, another song and it was absolutely um, uh, uh, surreal. Um, but... Um, but, yeah, I mean, from 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 then to to now, we are touring and sort of uh, doing our own headline shows and selling 250, 300, 400 tickets a night uh, in Germany. So, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And we're very grateful to Rosie, of course, for discovering us.
0: Now, let's... Take a step back. Um, May 2020 is when Monsters was released. What was it like having that come out at that time?
2: Well, um, it was it was kind of a, a blessing and a curse, really, because we yeah, the album was almost finished. And we had set up the crowdfunder funder. Um, and were all ready to release and then the the um pandemic kicked in and the lockdown started um and yeah we didn't didn't really know what to do and you know uh, the the crowdfunder kind of like stopped for a moment and we were like ah you know is that is that as far as it's going to go um and uh the P- the pr company that was working with us on the release were telling us that we should maybe um postpone and i know a lot of bigger bands did do that but i was like well you know it's been three years since the first two albums that we released at the same time um and We'd promised to fans an album and I just thought, well, you know, everyone's kind of stuck at home with nothing to do. Um, it's probably a great time to, to release an album. And, um, everyone was really happy and it got, got loads of great reviews. Um, and we sold loads of CDs and vinyl. Um, and, um, and it was, it was kind of great because we, we, without being able to tour, we we needed some income. So that kind of tidied us over for um, a couple of years, you know, while while we couldn't tour. But then, um, you know, when you release an album, you kind of keep the 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 buzz and the hype going by going out on tour and playing playing the songs from the album to as many people as as you can, uh, and we weren't able to do that. So there was like after a couple of months, this kind of real feeling like the album had just disappeared without a trace, <laughs> mm. um, which was kind of scary. Um, and a bit depressing but I mean the, the shows that we've been doing recently have basically been the delayed Monsters tour um, and um, it's been really great finally getting to play them to people and kind of feels like you know those songs although they're already Nearly three years old are uh, um, are still quite fresh and um, and you know still have a lot of a lot more to give so. Um it's worked out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is it strange touring for an album that's that old, you know, this far out? No, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm sure most people can probably uh, probably feel the same way that the, the last two years kind of, you know, felt like a really long time, but also a really short time as well. Like, you know, like they didn't really happen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I mean, I was really worried about our career because we you know i think 2017 18 and 19 we were really on this very steep trajectory and um you know we were touring so much and um we supported a load of um bigger bands like covenant bmv nation mesh aesthetic perfection Mm -hmm. um we did america for the first time canada russia and um yeah it, it felt like wow you know like this is really growing fast and then there, there was a bit of a you know a fear coming out of the pandemic that maybe it was all over you know maybe that was it we had we had our 15 minutes but you know doing these shows and um and and kind of selling more tickets than than ever um has really restored <laughs> restored my faith that, um that you know it's still still a viable career and uh, and we've you know we've still got, uh, we've got more time <laughs> as a band. So, yeah, it's, it. I mean, it was weird at, at first. It was only kind of weird when we were doing shows and there was social distancing and masks and all of that kind of thing. But, yeah, weirdly, it kind of feels like all of that's been forgotten now. And <laughs> it's just, you know, still people getting, you know, getting um, getting COVID every now and again. But uh, I've, I've had my, my my one dose um I don't know, maybe I'm due another one soon <laughs> of COVID. I mean, I've had the vaccine, but, you know, uh, only only I've had three doses of the vaccine, but, but only one of the actual virus. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just recovering myself because uh, last week is when I finally tested negative and was like, oh, okay, but the... The fatigue is very real afterwards, and I'm still kind of kind of recovering on that. And and yeah, I mean, these past couple years have been such a strange disruption in everyone's lives, where it feels like a very long time and a very short time at the same time. It's just
2: that distortion. Yeah, yeah. I think I think without any kind of like markers, you know, like memorable events happening throughout the year, it kind of just all blended into one
0: yeah
1: yeah i mean for us we were we launched our podcast just as everything started shutting down mm-hmm. and yeah. we actually featured uh the single for monsters i think on the second or third episode <laughs> oh okay so we're right there with you on that <laughs> yeah. yes but you were still able to carry on oh open. we had to figure yeah. things out yeah yeah it's
0: hard a, s- a steep technical learning curve that's for sure but as far as markers in time you played the prog gothic treffin last year what was playing a big festival well it's a sizable festival it's not the wave gothic Treffen, but playing a festival in the middle of the pandemic what was
2: your experience like um uh, i mean it was kind of kind still coming out of the of, of the pandemic really um but it, it was kind of weird i think i think the weirdest thing um is in a lot of industries obviously uh including the um the hotel (laughs) industry uh everyone got laid off and so um at that point everyone like in the hotels was new and we've had mm-hmm. some pretty weird sort of um checking in experiences and the one in the one in Prague was was probably the weirdest um because there had been some kind of mix-up um we uh had um asked for two rooms um for four people um and somehow um instead of two rooms being booked in my name there were two rooms booked in the name of another band hang on now the names just hang on edwin how could i forget yeah there were two names there were two rooms booked in the name edwin um and i don't know whether you guys are familiar with the band braggolin yeah yeah um great band very nice people, both called Edwin. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, what the current, the current lineup anyway, which I didn't know at the time. Um, And yeah, this, this um, very nice, but very confused um, Czech lady was um, who, uh, you know, there was a sign on the desk saying trainee (laughs) Um, was, um, you know, very confused about the situation. And um, there was a slight kind of language barrier um, and we were talking for a good 20 minutes or something trying to explain that we should have two rooms and she was asking if any of us were called Edwin and I was telling her over and over again no one, no one in our band is called Edwin and she's like what's your name and then she's asking like Oliver, a keyboard player what, what his name is and then um, and we were like you know we're, we're sharing a, um, a room but there are uh, two more guys coming, and they need a room too. Um, and she's like, "And either of them called Edwin?" N- no, no. <laughs> you know, it was just like going round and round in circles for ages. And eventually, um, I called the the organizer of the festival, and I said, um, "You know, we've got a bit of a problem here. Uh, there there aren't two, two rooms for us, but there's two rooms for someone called Edwin." And uh, and he was like, "Oh." You know, like, take take one of those rooms. And I'm like, okay, but you're going to have to tell this lady. So I, I hand the phone to her, and, you know, they have a conversation. And um, she's like, oh, yeah, okay, it's all, it's all fine. Um, and then she gives us the two keys, and we go upstairs. Finally, after, like, half an hour or something of talking at the desk, we go upstairs, and we open the door of the first room, and there is someone's clothes and shoes in the room <laughs>
0: oh, no. but
2: luckily no one in the room so we just walk back out again great we walk to the other room luckily that one's empty um and uh, uh we go leave this stuff in there go back downstairs and say you know there's there's someone in the room she's like no no this is impossible how can this be and i'm like i don't know maybe it's edwin <laughs> 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 and uh and she's like oh well you know I'm very sorry very sorry and eventually she gives us an uh an, another key um and uh we you know we go to the festival um to check out the bands the night before and then the next day we we meet Bragolin, and uh you know I'm like oh you know nice to meet you, what's your name? And one of them says, um, Edwin. And I'm like, oh, you're Edwin. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm like, I think I, you know, I, I saw your shoes <laughs> yesterday. Uh, and then I turned to the other guy and I'm like, oh, oh, what's your name? And he's like, you're not going to believe it. I'm like, what? And he's like, I'm called Edwin too. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay, so they're, both Edwins, had a room booked for them, but <laughs> they just they shared and and then oh yeah anyway. Long story, but it took a lot longer in real life. <laughs> but that was that that's been the kind of surreal like situations that have occurred since the pandemic where you just have all of these people who have like new in their jobs and have no idea what's going on. Um, uh, I mean, luckily, we've been really, really lucky with flights and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there's been like, there's been complete chaos. I don't know about in America, but the uh, and Canada, but there has been um, complete uh, chaos in Europe, because they don't have enough baggage handlers anymore. So like, we've had lots of late flights, but none got cancelled luckily. yeah oh, now here it's... there's chaos because they don't have a lot of anybody. <laughs> it doesn't matter what
1: position. apparently yeah. I was reading about this the other day. they don't even have enough pilots anymore.
2: right. yeah. I think we played in 2017 or 18. Mm. But yeah I saw yeah, I saw some. Um, yeah, uh, some people have all the bad luck <laughs> I, see, I seem to be quite lucky touch with Well <laughs> I hope that I hope that keeps up for you when you hit the yes. US. <laughs> yeah. Well if we do hit the US, it's still in doubt. I mean oh. not in doubt, but um our petition got approved but obviously that's only the first stage and we now have to book um our interviews um and there is a long waiting list so it's like can we get an interview in time so it's it's really horrible and and that's why it's it's i've I've seen other artists Doing it as well. I think maybe it was Zola Jesus or something on Twitter. Someone was saying, like, you know, they felt really weird, like pushing their American dates because they still had no idea whether it was going to happen. Um, right. I think I think literally everyone is trying to go on tour at once in the autumn or the fall. Um, from a ticket
1: buying standpoint, it sure feels like it. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this me and uh, Daniel Graves from Aesthetic Perfection, who's obviously also going on tour and our tour two tours overlap, um, I have been talking about just how many people are announcing tours and um, like, yeah, are we going to sell any tickets <laughs> because of the, the huge amount of competition? I mean, we've already we've already um, combined two nights uh, on our tour. We ended up in the same city on the same night um, as other shows. Um, we are combining with um, Kaelin, Mickler and Kanga, in Phoenix, and we are combining with Minui Machine and uh, Crew Lies. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, do you guys know how to pronounce yeah, that? Yeah, you said it right. Cru-Lize. I think
0: it's Crew Lies as okay, well, yeah. great.
2: Because I did an interview... <laughs> A few days ago and um, we had to i had exactly the same issue but, but the other person the person interviewing me didn't know either so we spent a while discussing all the different <laughs> options but uh, yeah I, I mean i i love their music um but i've i've not sure i've ever heard anyone say it so crew lies yes in uh, atlanta um so i mean that's awesome because you know like that's going to be four great bands because we're bringing night with us it's going to be four great bands in one night um in fact in atlanta there's there's more so it's like a what turned into a kind of one day festival um i'm not not sure whether we're all all doing like 20 minutes or something but (laughs) um yeah i mean it's it's just that crazy situation where it's like well either we don't do a show in that city because our routing dictates that that's where we need to be or uh, we go reach out to the other booking agent and see whether they, they want to join forces and luckily they did.
0: Well, that, and you're going to be at Cold Waves in Chicago on September 22nd. Did, uh, did other dates get planned around Cold Waves?
2: Yeah. Um, I think it's the 23rd, actually. I think we're on the Saturday.
0: Okay. Could be okay. Wrong.
2: I, I, I hope I'm right. Cause that's what I've been writing everywhere. <laughs> 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 um, yes. I mean, um, I, well, I've been trying to get this tour booked since, um, for about a year. Um, and it, I mean, at the, beginning there was obviously the ban on all european visitors to the states and um and then we were working with um darker side of light um which is troy hilton and troy had a uh, mini stroke in the early part of the year he's fine and he's um you know but he's now um having to recover from that um so uh his don't know whether i should call uh, her his assistant because she might just be another booking agent but <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. someone else took over and and that was um that was a, a big setback um because um yeah someone had to pick up the pieces and and uh, try and get it booked as quickly as possible um and with so many kind of venues. Having disappeared, uh, promoters disappeared, people not responding to it. emails for a long time. It's taken like, I mean, we still haven't got there's a couple more, maybe three dates that's still not even announced yet. And we're a month away from the beginning of the tour. There's also ticket links that haven't appeared yet. So um, it's all been um, uh, hard work and taken a lot longer than I think it probably would have two, three years ago. Um, so I've um, so uh, yes, <laughs> completely lost track of what it was you asked me. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it was kind of the situation where we wanted to do the tour around this time. I really wanted to play at Cold Waves. Um, we haven't been uh, invited yet, um, and I also wanted to play at Absolution. So I asked the booking agency if there was a chance we could get on those, and they found room for us. So um, nice yeah um so then we um well I think Cold Waves was always the beginning of the tour so we were working from then we had to move things around a bit I th- um because of, of then booking Absolution I think maybe we had to go the other way around America <laughs> um mm-hmm. after that which you know then involved a lot of shuffling around but um yeah we're really happy to be playing both of those so
1: most of your tour, you're going to be the headliner, though, right?
2: Is that mm-hmm. a little more exciting or intimidating or both? Um, it's a lot more. It's a lot more pressure and and stress and responsibility. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it would have been nice if our original plan, um, you know, off the back of the um, the support tour we did with Aesthetic Perfection, which was great because um, you know we just had to. Um, buy our flights and visa and get over there Um, and then once we were there there was a tour bus and um, we didn't really have to worry about much Um, and then um, off the back of that we were you know really psyched to go straight back and do another one the next year as a headline Um, and then of course it couldn't happen Um, and so trying to do it now where I mean where the market's so saturated and people have bought so many tickets also no one's got any money um and the price of petrol slash gas has gone through the roof um you know suddenly all of these costs are on us and um yeah it's pretty scary (laughs) so yeah if anyone's listening and they haven't bought a ticket yet and they're thinking about it just do us a favor and go and buy a ticket now.
1: <laughs> I, I would love to, but you—you you guys forgot about Canada.
2: I know. Yeah. I know. What's up with I, that? I knew. Uh, I, you know, I didn't. E- I didn't even really like check where you guys were based. <laughs> we're in said, Toronto. Yeah, and you said Toronto at the beginning, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> this is, the truth. The truth is, is I don't really know. I did ask about it, um, at the beginning, you know, like we we're going to do the classic thing of dipping in, uh, when we were in New York state and doing, um, Toronto. And then, you know, the same, uh, when we're at Seattle in Vancouver, but, um, uh, yeah, for some reason at the time, uh, Troy, who is from Toronto, I think. Hamilton, uh, I think, I think he's out oh, Hamilton. Okay. not right. far yeah it's,
0: yeah, it's now our side of the city ah
2: okay cool um yeah general area then um yeah yeah I, I he was for some reason um at the beginning um sort of saying you know we'll have to see about Canada <laughs> and then uh, the person who took over said they didn't have any contacts um, and um yeah I mean maybe there's still a chance we can contact some people and you know cuz it it's very difficult to tour canada on its own like that's really yes. the only only oh, yeah. way to do it is to kind of dip in and out you can't be like oh we're going on a canadian tour and we're just going to travel thousands of miles between each show
0: oh absolutely uh, cuz yeah. you you could mm-hmm. fit all of europe inside of just the province of ontario okay. yeah so yeah it's a huge country and most of us live in the southern part of it but the tip is you could actually from Chicago do Toronto before you go to Chicago because Toronto is only an hour of flight away from Chicago. Uh, you're right about like, if you're in upstate New York, you can get to Toronto. And if you're in Boston, getting to Montreal is not that far either. And uh, okay. looking
1: at your dates, this is the yeah. funny part. Yeah. You're, you're playing Detroit. Yeah. And then you're playing Albany the next show. And the fastest way to get there
2: is to drive through Canada. Really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. Okay. We should. De- do we have room there? Should definitely look into this. I'm making a note. We'll set you up with some emails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. Because I
2: mean, it, it does seem. It does seem ridiculous that we're not doing any Canadian dates, and we do have some um, Canadian fans who are vocally annoyed about it. So, um, hi. Well, <laughs> upset. Upset. Yeah. Shall I say? Um, yeah. Well, if you guys have any any contacts, then yeah, send them send them my way. Yeah.
1: And- yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Will. We've got uh, we've got months. like a month. <laughs> I got a couple of emails. I'll shoot them to you when we're done.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah.
1: So, um, one thing w- you definitely notice listening to your music is that it is very feels very very introspective. What mm-hmm. what inspires your writing?
2: Um, I guess like um. I started writing songs when I was about uh, 13, 14 Um, and it was always a kind of um, cathartic thing, I guess, you know, getting, getting things off of your chest that you either can't talk about or, um, you know, like it's like just a good, good way of doing it. And I've, Kind of never been. I've always been into songs that tell a tell a personal story, um, and um, and lyrics that I connect with in in a much bigger way than I am. You know, bands. You know, there's bands that I I like um, like. Um, Muse, for example, um, who musically are, are uh, amazing, but I've never really kind of connected with the, the lyrics and I've always felt that they're kind of a little um, uh, lacking in, in depth, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's true. I mean, maybe it's just very well well covered, but, you know, like a band... Like The Cure, for example, uh, my favourite band, Um, uh, I just love his lyrics. Um, Mm -hmm. And even when Robert Smith is kind of being quite, uh, you know, singing stuff that's like very well-trodden ground, like in Love Song, for example, those lyrics are like real cliché lyrics. But then there's something about his, his voice and his delivery that make you feel like he really means those lyrics. So... Um, uh, so I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously relationships, failed relationships, particularly, uh, mm-hmm. a, a big inspiration. Um, and, uh, I mean, most of the sort of early empathy test songs are all kind of mostly relationship based. Some of them, like, sometimes they, uh, I kind of use, um, a, a relationship, um, as, um, I make it sound like it's about uh, a relationship, but it's actually about something else hidden beneath. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, and I think more recently, um, uh, I, um, I've started writing a lot of songs about the, uh, the kind of experience of lockdown, but hopefully not in a sort of cliche like, um, you know, animal in a cage type thing but just the the kind of psychological um pressures of um surviving a lockdown um but um yeah it takes me a while to kind of process things so I kind of write about things with hindsight um and so I didn't really write anything for the whole time during lockdown because it was so kind of uninspiring and um uh and boring really (laughs) um but um Uh, The sort of beginning of this year, I finally had kind of like, um, I guess when I started getting out touring again, and had the desire to actually write new material. Um, But then I was writing about, you know, how I felt in the years before. Yeah, and that's funny,
0: because there were definitely two camps of people during lockdown, those who were bored. And those who were just really busy, uh, folks who were working from home and just never really stopped working.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, everything stopped completely. Um, and obviously, at the beginning, I had, you know, it was, there was this feeling like of sort of complete freedom, ironically, you know, like mm-hmm. there's no pressures now. Um, mm-hmm. I can just do whatever, and obviously the plan was like to write another album. Okay, well we can't tour this one, so let's write another one. And I just couldn't do it. I, I right. achieved absolutely nothing. <laughs> I think I, you know, I kind of I need to be in, inspired, you know, and I go and do a, a really amazing tour or a really amazing just gig. And then I come back and I feel invigorated and inspired um, and creative and then I write some songs because it's like ah oh, people people want to hear hear this stuff so let's let's make some more um, and uh, yeah so I was one of those underachievers definitely to me <laughs> <laughs> you know get sort of being like feeling guilty about not getting anything done. What about you guys? (laughs) Uh, We started a podcast. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. As you said,
0: yeah. That and my day job is in tech, so I never really stopped working. I've just been Ah, constantly at it at home and trying to stay really productive. But yeah, there is that guilt of like, am I being productive enough? And can I do this? But it's it's striking that balance because when you're not inspired, it, it comes through. Yeah. In the actual product or the project. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I I work frontline uh, you know, I was an essential worker. So uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I I got like a month off and that was it. And <laughs> so
0: yeah, it's a big challenge to just try to keep going. But I mean, there was a lot of content out there to consume.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah. that kind of helped things along, but trying to produce content, you you just have to strike the right moment when you're really feeling it. Otherwise, yeah. it's it, It's just, it seems forced. It feels
2: uninspired. It falls flat. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but I've, I've kind of since then managed to write an album worth, uh, w- albums worth of material. The only problem is that, um, that Adam, the producer member, um, is busy with other things. And <laughs> we could really do with uh, releasing some, uh, new material to bring some money in, but, um, he is not financially reliant on it like I am. So that, ah. cr- that creates a slight, uh, problem. Um, so, um, uh, depending on, you know, when he springs back into action, we might see some, uh, Isaac Howlett solo material. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. In the works. <laughs> no, that's good to hear. Yeah. Good
0: to hear. But speaking of other content, what album or albums are you currently listening to?
2: Um, well, I have been getting into vinyl recently, so I've kind of been revisiting some some classic albums. You know, when you when you go from you know uh, paying ten pounds a month on on um on, for spotify premium and being able to listen to whatever you like and then you, it's like you've got to spend 20 pounds on one album <laughs> like, right. you know when because i'm just starting out with my record collection so i've been kind of playing it really safe and sort of going back and buying records that i i really loved at the time um and have now bought on vinyl. So oh, I, I got the, the Church's first album. Um, yeah, I kind of, I really loved that first album, um, but they kind of lost me as they went on. I feel, I kind of feel they got more and more poppy. Um, and they were always poppy, you know, and I love a, a, a good, catchy chorus and hooks and whatever. Um, but sort of musically, they became more poppy, more mainstream yep. as well. And uh, I'm right there I with think, you. The yeah. first two
1: albums are gold and then I kind of fall off.
2: Yep. Yeah. Same. It must be really hard, though, because I feel like they those guys have never stopped touring since they they got. Uh, you know they got their big break I swear they always seem to be on tour and I have no idea how you write songs (laughs) in (laughs) in that in under that sort of work ethic so you do it in the toilet no (laughs) yeah or or, all in sound check I don't know right Um, right uh anyway sorry yeah I've got distracted already um and uh (laughs) block party silent alarm uh, I really love this band Bombay Bicycle Club I d- but I don't know whether they have, have a wider appeal than just in the UK. Do you guys know Bombay Bicycle Club? Do No
0: what? where are they are are they from Bombay where
2: are they no, from? No 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 I have no idea why they're called that. Uh, um, I, they're from near London I think uh, they're mm. from the UK. Um, Yeah one of my favorite albums um so long see you tomorrow <laughs> why do i not even remember the name of it <laughs>
1: <laughs> i own this record i listen to it i don't know who it's they are my,
2: one of my favorite albums yeah it is, I, <laughs> <laughs> every time I, I, I say so long I, I think of and thanks for all the fish um <laughs> <Yes>. so, <laughs> so long see you tomorrow it's a a really brilliant album um, <clears throat> um yeah and um i mean new new newer stuff I've, I've kind of fallen into the trap of um just listening to songs rather than albums which um it's not not great I, i'm not proud of myself for that. <laughs> i'm just having a look on spotify now for my um I, I i make a playlist every year where every time i hear a great track i i um I put it into this playlist, and at the end of the year, I sort of release it for public consumption. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like um, this band from London, actually, called Idol Youth, um, who um, I don't think they've released an album yet. They're just still kind of releasing singles and building a following, but I totally recommend them if you like Empathy Test. Um, And what else have I got in here? Echo Barrel? You guys discovered yes. Echo Barrel. Okay, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, I like Echo Barrel. Um, and, and the the they're a duo and they're a man and a woman, and I don't know their names, but I know he has a side project called Fluid Ghost, if okay. you like Echo Barrel. Are
2: they are they French? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what else have we got in here? I'm really into this very poppy person from the UK called Phoebe Green, who um, I I don't know whether I'm gonna be a fool full-blown fan but um listen to her track um so grown up which has got really great lyrics and she must be like pretty young early mm-hmm. 20s um and it's a great track because it has got like lines in it like i don't know how to behave when i'm sober and stuff like that and, like wow hmm. that's that's pretty cool deep. lyrics yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah i think there's a there's a lot of of um of young young artists like writing some really interesting stuff right now because it must be um, a really weird time to be like in your late teens, early 20s. I mean, I don't know what the hell it must have been like to be 18 in lockdown. You know, like, what an important year of your life. (laughs) I mean, I know there were plenty of 18-year-olds, like, getting drunk in the parks in London. So I'm sure they're probably just (laughs) doing everything that we did at that age. Just, um, (laughs) yeah, just not in pubs and clubs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Coming of age and and being in lockdown and trying to maneuver around your life and how you you meet up with your friends and how you see people and get to meet other people. I I can't even imagine how difficult. I, I, I was going to say I'm with you as well on being guilty of listening to songs and not full albums with newer music. Yeah. Because listening to records is such a tactile experience. You put on a record and maybe you don't remember the names of the songs because you're not looking at track listings. You're just listening to the record. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then when it comes to songs, like it's so easy to flip through and go, Oh, okay, here's a song. Oh, is this doing anything for me? And if it's not, you just you can just flip 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 to the next MP3 and it makes it very simple.
2: Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of bad news for bands because you know it must be very easy for people to just put you on a playlist and only ever listen to that one song. Right, right. <laughs> and, and how are you gonna then? And turn, that's how you get five million Spotify listens. Yeah, but how are you go, how are you gonna turn that into a tour? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like. Uh, you know you you have to somehow get convert those people into into diehard fans and i mean obviously if you consistently write great songs and release great songs then hopefully you can get in enough songs into their playlist to be like you know i mean i'm sure there's plenty of people that'll go see bands for one song but that's also very annoying for bands because just they're shouting for that one song for the whole show <laughs> 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 which even happens to us so you know luckily with us like that we have a few you know although losing touch is you know way way bigger than than any of the other songs we do have plenty of others that are people's favorite song that they shout out so you know there's mm-hmm. at least demons <laughs> people shout <laughs> for as <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mentioned earlier in in our chat here uh how you got into synth pop without really looking at the roots or or you know having a listen to like I don't know like Duran Duran and Depeche Mode and and other synth pop
2: well I wouldn't I wouldn't that's what we were kind of it, it it's assumed that we don't know those bands yeah, gotcha. I think, I think I mean, you reversed we reversed
1: that one, Laura. I think I meant it the other
0: way. <laughs> got it. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna ask like if you've done any exploration on on, on earlier synth pop, but we can totally scratch
2: that. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I just yeah. Um, I mean, weirdly, I've never, I've never got into um, Depeche Mode, or um, which you know, I'm sure be upsetting for a lot of our fans, but. Um, <laughs> you know like i i know i know all the all the hits and um you know there's certain ones that i really like but um i don't know somehow i've never really really delved delved that deeply into it i think with the 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 electronic stuff i kind of i'm listening to new stuff and with the older stuff i'm listening to more like guitar stuff like you know interpol or editors or white lies and stuff mm-hmm. um yeah, but I mean if you had a question about specific artists or <laughs> nothing fire away.
0: Oh no, I, I was curious as as you were mentioning, like you're you're rebuying albums that yeah. uh, you know, oh, you're you're building your vinyl collection based on stuff that you already that you know and love. Yeah. Uh, as far as what kind of examples of, of synth pop are, are those things that you're like, yes, I need to own that on vinyl.
2: Um no. <laughs> There? No, no, okay. I mean, I want to, I uh, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to, I own a lot of Cure records because my um, my stepdad uh, basically sold his record collection because he wasn't listening to it anymore and it was just getting damp and dusty um, and he needed the space. So he, he sold a lot, but he kept the Cure records for me. So for a, quite a long time, I only had cure records in my collection um but <laughs> i'm yeah i mean i mean that's the thing it's like um although we we kind of make electronic music and, and we use synth sounds I, w- I wouldn't really say we're a synth pop band we're just we're we're just a band <laughs> you know okay that, that, that writes um songs with uh the, the the kind of fulfill the things that we like in music um we both like um epic uplifting songs with a, a really catchy chorus um i i think both of us um uh ki- like kind of bonded musically over the uh, the killers hot fuss um mm-hmm. and uh and of course uh, you know and mr brightside was just impossible to get away from um still is and uh <laughs> yeah i mean it's still it's it's I, I think it still pops up in the UK charts, or, or it might still be in there. It's been in there ever since it came out. Um, but, you know, like, it was always putting it on at house parties and um, going crazy, singing along to it. And um, and then, like, the, you know, it was just, like, one of those huge songs that, that kind of had uh, a big uh, impact on our lives somehow and then um, and then the next one was Gautier, uh Somebody That I Used to Know which we did a cover of course uh, uh, of you know just these like great songs that you can't help but learn the, the words to and sing along to um, and that's the kind of songs that we wanted to write so although we were like um, uh, inspired by the Drive soundtrack and um, I think our favorite, favorite one was like uh, Real Human being um and at the beginning we we um we 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 tried that was what we were aiming for that really simplistic um uh synth wave sound and um we didn't quite pull it off (laughs) because losing touch was like really nothing like that because um I don't know I'm I kind of not not very reserved in my in my vocal style so (laughs) um but you know we kept to the kick snare kick snare thing um and and we did it for like one album and then it was kind of boring and it was like let's let's throw in some some more interesting beats and um and then third album kind of went a bit more indie um and um you know had live live acoustic drums in there and there's some on there like um skin for example which I. Feels to me like it could be Interpol or something. So um, I'd say we're we're kind of an a, like an indie band, <laughs> a '90s indie guitar band, um, you know, masquerading as a pop band. Is how <laughs> I best describe it. <laughs> uh,
0: the fact that you're mentioning The Cure is one of your like. Big favorites. I'm like, oh, me too. And then you're (laughs) mentioning Interpol, which I also have a connection to because um, Carlos D was my DJ mentor and my roommate.
2: (laughs) oh wow that's amazing
0: so it's i and i remember when they were just starting off and and going oh come see our band at this little like dive bar in the lower east side in new york yeah and we were like oh okay you guys want to be joy division they're like yeah but we're like modern
2: joy division and (laughs) then
0: they went off and became famous so (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: yeah i remember being in a club that doesn't exist anymore in london called plastic people um in uh, in old street um and um that place was like so popular for a, a while or um and every time we went there was completely rammed full of people and i remember one time uh, my my friend paul was like oh my god it's carlos d and i'm like what <laughs> and we turn around and the, you know this guy's like walking through the crowd the crowd's just parting you know? <laughs> he's still got his like interpol uh outfit on and um, it was just like wow like you know a a god is walking among us <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so i think that's going to about wrap it up for us uh, Yeah, we have one final question though that uh-huh. yep. uh, some people get intimidated by oh. and that is uh <laughs> what song of yours would you like us
2: to play you out on um yeah Whoa. <laughs> I would, wow my, my first thought was like well that's not intimidating and then i was like oh but what song am i gonna choose <laughs> because it's you, like you got there yeah because it's like oh do
1: i go like, for that's the, not so bad fuck
2: yeah do i go for <laughs> the the most popular ones or do i go for my personal favorite or you know I, i'm like,
1: interested what's your personal favorite then
2: yeah. the one that I am probably most proud of at the moment is stop which is from the monsters album which um, is kind of slightly different from everything else um and just has like <laughs> in my opinion one of my best vocals vocal performances um and really really interesting lyrics so yeah let's let's go with stop okay everything, everything.
0: I guess that wraps it up
1: so of course we hope that you all uh, enjoyed our little chat with isaac and give us a like a follow a subscribe share it to your friends your neighbors you know uh assault people and make them hit play on our podcast we'd appreciate it i will not cover your legal fees um <laughs> You could always hit us up at it's Midnight somewhere podcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at It's Midnight Somewhere Podcast. We'd of course like to thank Mr. Justin Minister for all of his lovely editing work. We would also like to thank Robin Bright for our lovely theme music and Miss Marion Green for again our very lovely logo and artwork. It's also it's lovely. It's all lovely. Everything's lovely. Everything is lovely. <laughs> yeah, <You know>, um <laughs> You can, of course, find us every Friday night at 10 p.m. One of us, or both of us, will be on our Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash prophecy underscore online. And I think that's it. Did I forget anything?
0: Nope, that's, that's everything. everything. Until next time. Bye.
1: Bye. It's midnight, summer. It's This podcast was almost called Real Gothics Are Disgusted.